Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. This week, France's presidential election after the shock of the terror attacks. You're listening to World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman. The gunman who claimed responsibility for killing seven people in southwest France has been shot dead by police, bringing to an end the worst act of violent terrorism on French soil since the emergence of al-Qaeda as a global threat. Campaigning in the presidential election had been suspended in the aftermath of the killing of three children and a parent at a Jewish school in Toulouse, which had followed the murder of three French soldiers. But the first round of the presidential election is now less than a month away, so how have the terrorist attacks changed the political climate in France? Joining me on the line from Paris is the FT's bureau chief there, Hugh Carnegie, and with me in the studio is Peggy Hollinger, an FT leader writer and our former Paris bureau chief. Hugh, if I can start with you, uh, can you uh, assess the impact yet of of how this terror attack is likely to play into the election, or is it too soon to to tell? I think it's definitely going to have had an impact. Uh, There's no doubt about it. And certainly on the side of President uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, uh, there's a feeling that this could even prove to be a turning point, uh, and it puts him in a position of strength uh, relative to the other candidates. Why? Because it enabled him to play to his strengths, which are very much on the issues of security. As they tend to put it here in France, he reassumed the garb of the presidency rather than that of the candidate. And the pretty swift uh, resolution by the police is regarded as being uh, a success here. And that will have enhanced Mr. Sarkozy's credentials somewhat. It also brings the issue of security, in which, as I said, he's quite strong, uh, to the forefront of the campaign. And already, even before the gunfire had fallen silent, uh, Mr. Sarkozy's lieutenants were aiming their fire uh, rhetorically uh, at the socialist candidate, Francois Hollande, and other candidates, uh, saying they just weren't up to it on the issues of security. They weren't taking issues like Islamic fundamentalism seriously enough uh, and were making it pretty clear that they want to keep this issue at the forefront. Now, if they're successful in that, and if Mr. Sarkozy does gain, as it were, a sort of image boost from the way he's handled this, then it could turn out to be uh, an important moment in the campaign. The other beneficiary, it strikes me, from this uh, event might be Marine Le Pen and the National Front, who, of course, have been you know, quite strongly anti-immigration and also long warned of the threat of Islamist fundamentalism. Do you think she's likely to gain? Because she did seem to be lagging a bit in the polls. She has uh, seemed to lose some traction over the last month or so. That's true. And this issue does indeed play into her hands as well, and she's wasted no time in trying to make some capital out of it. That also explains to some degree the the keenness of Sarkozy and his camp to play up their credentials on this issue in order to try to neutralise the attack from the right from Marine Le Pen. Peggy, now you you covered the last presidential election, um, and Sarkozy is a formidable campaign, as we discovered last time around, and he appeared to be gaining in the polls even before the terrorist incident, he was getting some traction and having been in a relatively 
dangerous position about a, a month ago. It looked like he was close to being down and out. Exactly. And I think one should never underestimate the formidable talents of essentially a political animal who knows how to work campaigns. But even for him, I think uh, the the gap between him and François Hollande looked quite disastrous. And I think... Just just remind us, how big, big, what was it looking like, say, a month ago? I mean, Hollande was how many... double-digit leads. That's right. You did see that Sarkozy was beginning to creep back, but he was beginning to creep back just a little bit too late. It was getting awfully close to, to the deadline. I mean, the sort of accepted wisdom is that you watch the polling in February for a fairly good guide of where people will end up in the first round, and he was significantly behind Hollande, and he's still significantly behind him for the second round, although this uh, terrorist incident actually has resulted in a significant boost in the polls. The latest I've seen today, he have seen that he's gone up uh, a point or two on the back of just what's happened over the last few days. The difference between this campaign and the previous campaign is that, uh, first of all, he he wasn't behind in the last campaign. Remember who he was running against, Ségolène Royale, uh, actually François Hollande's ex-partner. And the problem with Ségolène is that she was a highly divisive person within the, the left as well as within France as a whole. And she didn't really have a credible program. So really, he seemed to be the only sensible option in the last campaign. In this campaign, a formidable campaigner who has been the incumbent through a very difficult economic period was still nonetheless you know, significantly behind a man who's never held you know, government office and who himself is slightly vague about what exactly he stands for because he has to be careful not to alienate the left. So it really did look very bad for Sarkozy that in that context he was significantly behind. Um, so, you know, These latest incidents really do play into his favor. I think the key element will be to be continue to be presidential and not to be seen to profit from this particular situation, because if he's seen to be using it for campaign gains, if it's blatant, the French will actually be repulsed by that because then it will exacerbate this image they have of him where they don't like his brash style, they don't like his opportunism. So he has to be careful. Looking back at uh, the Sarkozy that that, that you followed five years ago in 2007 when he was first elected. How uh, how far has he lived up to the hopes that he raised back in 2007? Because he was quite a dynamic candidate, a man who promised to change France. Do you think uh, that the fact that he's you know, was behind in the polls reflects a strong sense of disappointment with him as a president? Oh, absolutely. I think the difference is, is that we've had a crisis. He made promises in 2007 and the world changed in the autumn of 2008 when Lehman Brothers collapsed. So, you know, to a certain extent, the promises he made became null and void as a result of events that were you know, far, far greater than France or, or him. But the, it's true, there's a great deal of disappointment uh, with him because there are a few things that are very important to the French, one of which is purchasing power. And there's a, a, a real bitterness because people feel that he has not carried out his promise to improve their, their purchasing power. Again, partly the result of the crisis, but they also feel because of his persona and his behavior that he's a friend of the rich. And one of the first things he did when he came in was cut tax breaks. And, and he introduced a, what's called the tax shield, which meant that the wealthier people would never pay more than 50% of their income in taxes. And these were all seen as Sarkozy lining the pockets of the wealthy rather than focusing on the purchasing power. To be fair to him, I think he has done a lot. I mean, if you, think you, if you look at who 
else was a potential challenger at the time, uh, nobody was was proposing that France actually had to face up to its uh, debt problems, that it had to face up to its budget problems. There had been an attempt under the Chirac government, but not not with enough desire or, or energy to push it through. And Sarkozy came in and said, look, we have to reform. We have to modernize. He has done a lot, but also he's had to deal with the crisis and he's had to deal with a nervous and anxious country. Hugh, uh, looking at the campaign now, I mean, what before the terror attack were the major issues? Was it, as the Americans like to say, the economy stupid or were cultural issues and, and other things beginning to play in? Well, the expectation was that it would be about the economy, and polls have shown that the biggest uh, worries amongst the electorate are things like uh, unemployment and purchasing power, very much economic issues. But the uh, election campaign had got somewhat sidelined into arguments about levels of taxation, viewed from the outside, this rather peculiar feature of France where you get popular as a politician by proposing new taxes, on, especially on rich people. Uh, it is true, too, that even before the attack, the issues of immigration and the role of Islam in French society were being debated, forced onto the agenda, it has to be said, to quite a degree by Marine Le Pen and picked up by Mr. Sarkozy's side because they are afraid obviously, of losing votes to Le Pen's national uh, front. Now, what's going to be really interesting is to see whether after this uh, terrible event this week, uh, whether the issue of the economy reasserts itself in the four weeks that are left up to the first round, or whether we do continue to be dominated by what is now the issue of the day, which is security, as, as we've discussed. One would think that the economy must reassert itself at some point, because we have in France unemployment running at close to 10%. Uh, we have the issue of the severe budget deficit and the high debt, as many neighboring countries in Europe have also, of course. And both sides, one would expect, would have their feet held to the fire on these issues, which, which ought to be decisive. My impression from watching the campaign from, from outside France was that Hollande had really managed to ignite his campaign with a quite uh, powerful speech when he, he talked about waging war on the world of finance and so on, and that he was suddenly being reassessed as actually rather a strong candidate. Now he seems to be, you know, having to take a bit of a back seat because of the terror attacks. But what's your impression of him as a candidate? Do you think he's capable of having a strong last month uh, ahead of the first round? I think there's a question mark over that. He surprised everybody, I think, uh, with his, uh, the launch of his campaign. As you've mentioned, this powerful speech at Le Bourget, he followed that up with the launch of his manifesto uh, and a very strong television broadcast, the first of many, it has to be said. Uh, and he, I think, surprised people in the way that he became quite quickly a much more convincing candidate who seemed at home in his own skin. He seemed to be in be enjoying the campaign trail uh, in a way that even quite a lot of people in his own party who weren't particularly enthusiastic about his candidature uh, were surprised. And indeed, a sign of that was that the party fell into line behind him. There was no, none of the kind of disunity that, uh, that, uh, that Ségolène Royal uh, suffered last time around. Then the rhythm changed a bit when Sarkozy himself entered the campaign. As you have said, he's a formidable campaigner. He was relentless over the first few weeks of the campaign. He stumbled a bit, but he got back on his feet, and he was beginning to claw his way back in the polls. Is it too late? That might be the case. Now we've had this event, and I think the, there is a very big uh, test now for Hollande. Can he get himself back 
in the forefront and become a candidate who is more than just the anybody but Sarkozy candidate, because the polls show that a great deal of the support that uh, is um, attributed to Hollande is down to a factor of people uh, not wanting to vote for Sarkozy again. And it's there that Hollande, I think, has really to persuade people. And it's there that the Sarkozy camp believe that these polls, as they put it, are built on sand because they they believe a lot of people haven't really made up their mind and that they can swing it back their way. There's still a pretty big gap, so uh, it, it's going to be tough. But I think I think the game is on. Peggy, you were nodding your head there. Well, what... I, I was. The one point I wanted to make, and I absolutely agree with everything, Hugh, is that if the debate stays on security, that is the Achilles heel for the socialists. Never forget that. It's a difficult one where they struggle to unite the left over how they should approach questions like immigration and security. Segalen tried it when she was running, and it caused all sorts of problems for her, is can the socialists and can Francois Hollande look to be a strong leader that um, can take strong steps in terms of security? That is naturally Sarko's domain. But actually, in, in the wake of this event, it's going to be important. One other issue we should perhaps discuss, Peggy, is that this campaign is taking place in the middle of a European debt crisis, which is uh, slightly in abeyance now, but clearly hasn't gone away. How do you fit what's happening in France within the European context? Or is it just as the French say, what do they call it, a Franco-Franco debate? Uh, Franco-Francais, yeah. yeah. Well, I think there are lots of things. Sarkozy has tried to sell himself as the calm captain, you know, uh, of a ship in a terrible storm. He has been the saviour of Europe. He's he's used that. I mean, to, to be fair, in previous campaigns, foreign affairs, uh, external... Uh, economy have not really been priorities for the French. But in this context, I think with austerity in Europe and growth, it's it's a bigger issue than it has been in previous campaigns. As far as this crisis is concerned, um, when you look at the opinion polls, what's interesting is partly because of his handling of the crisis, the French actually trust Sarkozy to uh, manage them through the crisis. They just don't like him and they don't think that, that growth is going to come back. They're quite pessimistic about that. And they don't like him because he's a brash man who has been seen to be very, um, to alienate the conservative uh, French in La France Profonde by a private life that's in front of their faces by his sort of bling attitude. And all of this attempt to reclothe himself in the presidential, the garments of a president is all about telling the French, look, I'm different. I've changed. Um, I can manage the crisis and I can manage the economy. They don't, Hollande doesn't get a lot of confidence in managing the economy, but they get a lot more confidence with Hollande, I think, if, if I'm right, Hugh, in terms of here is a man who will care about unifying France rather than dividing it. Hugh, uh, just uh, as we come to a close, I mean, we talked about this election very much as uh, Sarkozy versus Hollande with Marine Le Pen kind of uh, getting a peek in there. But there are other candidates, and that's one of the kind of interests to the f- first round of the French presidential election. Anybody else made an impression yet? Uh, yes, there are 10 candidates altogether, believe it or not. Uh, but there, aside from Sarkozy and Hollande, I think uh, there are three that one should mention. Of course, there's Marine Le Pen that we've talked about. She's uh, been riding at levels in the polls far ahead of her father at this kind of stage of the of the game, uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen, who was the founder of the National Front and, and her predecessor as, as party candidate. Uh, but as I said earlier, she's lost a bit of traction. It looks like, as things stand at the moment, her threat to, as it were, displace Sarkozy from the second round by winning the right-wing vote uh, is not anything like the threat it seemed to be, say, two months ago. The other two candidates that are 
in the picture are in the center ground, a man called Francois Beyrou, uh, who is, as it were, the sort of voice of the uh, sort of liberal stroke social democratic middle, and uh, who is shown by the polls to be personally very popular, more so indeed uh, in some polls than Mr. Hollande and Mr. Sarkozy. But he doesn't have much of a party machine behind him. He's regarded as something of a maverick. He came third in 2007, uh, but frustratingly for him, uh, his personal popularity isn't really translating at the moment into a real breakthrough in the polls. But he's going to be a factor in the second round because which way will his supporters break is very important for both Hollande and for Sarkozy. And the third one that's worth mentioning, who has been making severe inroads uh, in the last couple of weeks, is uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon of the Left Front, which uh, is the umbrella that uh, groups uh, France's remaining communists. And he has been uh, stealing votes off uh, Hollande, which partly explains why Sarkozy has been narrowing the gap in the polls uh, against Hollande. And that's very frustrating for Monsieur Hollande. Uh, and it explains also why Monsieur Hollande has tended to make sort of left-wing type uh, proposals such as the 75% tax uh, uh, bracket. Uh, Mélenchon is uh, a sharp debater. Uh, he's witty. Uh, and he's straight. I mean, he's not encumbered by having to serve different constituencies. He can tell it as it is, and there's a, still a strong constituency on the left for that. And so certainly in the first round, there are quite a lot of left-leaning voters who think, well, I'm going to vote for him uh, this time around at least, um, just to make my mark. Well, it's all fascinatingly poised. So let, let me end by asking you both the impossible question, the br briefly, Peggy. If you had to guess, what's it gonna, how's it going to play out over the next two months? How, what, what do you see happening? Well, I think uh, France will be traumatised for the next few weeks. I suspect security will still be uh, top of the agenda. But eventually, I I think that the fundamental themes of the campaign will have to come back. And we there were shootings in 2002, just before the election. And this is what happened at that time. Eventually, the, the economic themes came back because a nation can only stay that traumatised for so long. I honestly don't think I can predict who will win because one should never underestimate Mate Sarkozy. Uh, Hugh, I mean, again, sorry to put you on the spot. Here's what here's what uh, some I think uh, fairly wise people say, which is, look, the odds have to be to some extent stacked against Sarkozy. There's all the issues about him personally, which which Peggy has elaborated. There's also the small matter of the fact that since the crisis erupted in 2008, no incumbent European leader has survived an election, and that's uh, that's something to to keep in mind. However, if Sarkozy can come out on top on April 22nd, if he causes even then a little bit of a surprise, given the polls over the last four, five, even six months, and he comes out with his nose ahead of uh, Hollande by a few points, uh, then I think, uh, as I said earlier, the game is on for round two. But he is still the underdog. Uh, and funnily enough, he quite likes that position. He's the challenger. Hugh, thanks very much indeed, and thanks also to Peggy here in the studio in London. And that's it for this week. Please do join us again next week. Till then, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. 
We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.